0: Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are very good at finding themselves in. And I'm starting today's episode with a bit of a sad note. And after much thought and consideration and with a very very heavy heart. I've made the decision to wrap up Summer Bays. (laughs) I know. Oh yeah. I really thought long and hard about it but since moving to London and on a pretty feverish job hunt I have a few opportunities coming up and I just don't have the time to give Summer Bays my absolute all and I don't want to do you the disservice of not doing a good job or having the episodes up on time etc so I just think it's time for Summer Bays to say goodbye and I don't know what I'm going to do without it my my week is so revolved around it so it's one of those things where you have to close one door so a window will open somewhere and so yeah um, next week will be the last episode of Summer Bays I can't believe I'm saying it it still feels really weird and really surreal and I'm so sorry to be letting it go it's crazy but I'm still going to keep the Summer Bays Instagram open so if you ever want to have chats with me about plot lines, storylines, rants about certain characters Mia in particular <laughs> please do get in Twitch there and I'll be so ready and waiting to have some rants with you. So please do that. So please stay in touch. But yeah, it's weird. Weird day. Weird weird day. it's feels so weird making it all official now. And we'll say, Ooh. but yeah. All right. Well, on with the episode. righty So <laughs> Justin is having oh, a bit of a week. <laughs> So in a way, he kind of got away with the smashing the cup. The smashing the cup incident seems so long ago, and it was only a week, but he is managing to talk himself out of every single confrontation or every time somebody confronts him, he's managed to talk himself out of it. And he's constantly blaming Susie or paying Ziggy off not to say anything, but like buying her and Tani dinner so he's kind of spinning that plate oh he's even asking Christian for help that's another plate in itself but then the other plate spinning is this desperate plea to get more pills for the trip because he's just realised he needs to stock up before the wedding and I actually didn't I thought it would take longer for Ziggy to tell Leah so Leah confronts him in the earlier half of the week and then she also confronts him in the later half of the week and he still manages to like gaslight her out of thinking he has a real painkiller addiction. And I know he's very good at being like smashing stuff and blaming her, saying it's like it's all your fault and you're driving me nuts with this Susie thing. And but in the midst of all this, they're all like, oh, it's just stress because of his back pain. And it's like, I don't know how many times, like, we just need to take care of him and reduce his stress no oh, I think like Tori to you're a doctor can you not see that this is like erratic behaviour and the whole like to and fro and of the we're flying we're driving we're driving we're flying we're driving but in the second time where Leah finds the pills like they're only going away for like three or four days and he's got enough painkillers to do him for the rest of the year so and I know he goes on blaming her and being like oh why don't you trust me but when she tells Irene, who's a recovering alcoholic, why isn't Irene... Irene should know better. Why isn't Irene going, that sounds like he's spinning you a huge yarn. And Leah even says, I feel sick. Eh, uh, Hello? Your gut is screaming at you, Leah. That's the second time. The second time you've... in one week. And it's not all about stress and back pain. It's not. He is addicted. He's li- being so obvious about it at this point. And then when she talks to him about it, and they seems to be having this big heart-to-heart, and she's like, I'm walking on eggshells, and I feel like I'm losing you. And she mentions the A word, the addict word, and then all hell breaks loose. And he really switches. So, mm, yeah. He just can't see it. Can't see it. And he's in such den- denial. But I also think the word junkie... I just, I don't know, the word junkie is kind of thrown about the place. Yes, he's an addict, uh, but Brody was addicted to crystal meth. This is painkiller addiction. I know addiction's addiction, but it's also, it's not a street drug. I don't know, so I can see, in a way I can kind of see Justin's point, because it's a different type of pain, and it's brought about by something different. I don't know. It's not easy. But, you can see why he's kind of allergic to that because his experience with drugs with his brother was when Brody was like living feral in like a safe house that's a little bit different so I can see why he's a, a bit allergic to the word addict because he doesn't see himself as that so they maybe re that. Anyway Justin goes on a date with the U-Bend to try to recover his painkillers meanwhile Leah kind of goes on a date with Stephen who's ramping up the private investigator funding and spending so so yeah I don't know what was that really necessary if Leah I don't know that seems like it's going down a bad path and I don't want to know what's at the end of it because Justin is angry so much so he's given Ziggy warnings and now he's fired her that poor carriage (laughs) will it survive this who knows But on the other side of the Morgan household is Christian and Tori. So as Tori's kind of wedding spreadsheets and her planning and her controlling and her exo- and her excitement is all coming out in the build-up to the wedding, Christian just seems like he's detaching more and more, not excited about it. And I think the suit is a massive metaphor in, and his reluctance to collect it and constantly putting it off. And I think he started to get a bit when he gives out to Jasmine and Tori being like get over it Jasmine's amazing she's gotten a new job life's too short and making these wild claims of Jasmine has to disconnect from Tori because you're getting too close and Tori you can't handle when Jazz goes independent like very wild claims but I think he's having one of those what is life moments what are we all doing here so and then now he's got this wedding coming up and you can see yeah he might be questioning things not his love for Tory but you know what's this all for What's when you're searching for meaning but I just can't understand why he can't be like I have amazing meaning in this new chapter that I'm about to start with Tory so basically I think he was looking for any excuse I really thought with all this speeding he'd be getting in a car accident that's what I just assumed the way it was going down but but no he chooses to go skydiving and meets possibly the most annoying character I've ever met in my entire life I actually mean that in reference to Mia this girl Rachel who are you why are you why do you have a quip for absolutely everything like every single line she's ever spoken has been a like I'm a divorcee am I right like I feel like everything she says is written on a mug somewhere it's so annoying. It's just all these, like, one-liners. It's just, ugh, It's just really gross. And, of course, she falls out of the plane. Of course, she gets hospitalised. Of course, it's some Grey's Anatomy-style injury that's never been seen before. An impossible injury. Her spine is no longer attached to her skull. But, like, even when they're fitting the halo, which I don't know how this, they're, they're not in surgery I find that really odd, look I'm no doctor but why aren't they in surgery? Anyway, even when they're fitting the halo brace, she's still whipping out the the jokes, it's like you should be screaming in pain, not you know, making eyes a Christian it's so weird, so obviously Tori she's humoured his existential crisis for long enough but now when this is starting to impact her wedding how can you not feel completely hurt let down you can't trust him anymore, like it's awful and now they're postponing the wedding it's terrible because I really felt the excitement I felt like all their, all their bags were packed they're ready to go, everyone's just about to leave and then poof I thought we were going to be seeing Brody and Simone and Rafi so um, I found it interesting that when Christian asks Tori to postpone the wedding. He does it in front of Justin and Leah and then Justin's smashing everything up and Christian walks off and then Justin goes, walk away, walk away like you always do. It's like, what? He, this, okay, in fairness to Christian, this is like the first time he's walked, walked away. Anyway, just obviously that's just angry Justin talking, but whatever. Poor Tori and her logical mind because... Christian still is turfing out this it's meant to be I was meant to save her and I need time like ugh that's rough that's a lot to ask like and it's so embarrassing going over and telling everyone oh sorry wedding's off Christian has a surgery ugh not great not great Christian and all I'm so disappointed because like I loved Christian so much I think he's great he's got a great bum you know, he's a great character, their chemistry is amazing. This is a massive issue for them. Like, I don't know if they can, like, this is I don't know, is this breakup territory? I feel really let down by Christian. Really let down. And it's not even for someone worthwhile. Rachel is terrible. Oh, la cucaracha, la cucaracha has really caused a lot of problems and I just love considering all the work that Chloe and Ryder did, they didn't think to Google Translate Duolingo to figure out what Le Cucaracha means mm-hmm. revolution. Woo. no, you're an idiot, it's called the Cockroach and they are certainly Max Cockroach this week, she's so enraged it's so funny and this like Battle between the two of them—it's oh, it's a bit—it's just a bit basic. It's oh, like like she's getting so angry at the Stuarts, like going toe to toe with Alf and Mark's like handbag swinging. It's just a, such an overreaction, and it like—is it really causing your business that much trouble? And then it's like this tit for tat over, oh well, you need this permit and we see a rat, it's just all, oh, this rivalry It's just very, um, it's not even funny, it's like stressful when it doesn't need to be and Chloe and Ryder know what Mac has been through, like why are you going down this path to really annoy her and I know she's, Mac is causing a lot of the trouble but don't fight fire with fire, like that whole rat thing Ugh, and like and Chloe feels absolutely no guilt about it. No guilt. Mac is also, like half day's trade, has to pay all these fines and cheques or whatever. And like shock, Chloe doesn't feel bad. And like, I can't help but think that she's I know she's obviously going to be Ryder's girlfriend for a while it's pretty obvious, but like she's such a bad influence. And like you can kind of tell she's always rolling her eyes at Alf and Rue and I'm not into it. So I'm glad Ryder confessed and they're going to Cough up the three hundred quid. It's such karma. Like meanwhile, like like writers confessing, and Chloe is like still lying true. Like it's just, she's not a good person. There's not one likable thing about her, and she wears way too many hats. But also, how hungry are the townspeople of Summer Bay? Like it seems like there's this renter crowd who are just running around buying cheap food, or two for one tacos, or half price stuff at Salt. Like, lunchtime is only an hour. You can't, like, people are just very strange. They're, like, in this tug-of-war over this cr- <laughs> lunch trade. And then when Max steals the, steals the crowd, then Ryder and Chloe just shut up shop and go and eat and salt. It just, oh, makes no sense. What they should be doing is helping Alf, where he clearly needs help. Cause daughter of the year Rue obviously is helping him even though he's so reluctant to it and even though he's getting all light headed and like I was so worried about his little ticker but she, thankfully that's okay and thankfully Tane has stepped in it was so obvious I was like shouting at my daddy being like Tane needs work somebody ask Tane so thankfully he is the new very sexy stand in at the bait shop whew Alrighty, well, that about wraps it up for me this week. Thank you so much for listening over the last year and a bit. I have honestly loved doing Summer Bays so much. It's been the highlight of my week. It makes me enjoy Home and Away so much more and I'm really going to miss doing it. So please get in touch on Summer Bays, Instagram at Podcast, or if you want to follow me at Cabana, or you can follow me and find out what I'm up to next. Hopefully these opportunities will be off the ground in the next few months. Very exciting. Uh, thanks Emil, good G'day and I'll talk to you next week for the last time.